It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in hour number two here on Friday. And in this hour, coming up at 1030, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey. We will get their take on what happened last night in the meeting, and as well as talking about some other issues with them as well. Until then, it's about you, 508-996-0500. And by the way, we will get into that Ward 3 story uh, probably in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, so we will stay tuned for that. But uh, for now, again, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Oh, good morning. How are you? Good. You know, uh, they have the city council members and the mayor have to remember that they're public servants. They work for the people. And and your your station is doing a great job. And with Kate Robinson, and I said Sam uh, Bass, but it's actually Adam Bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry about that. And Phil Devitt, Marcus Farrell, and Chris McCarthy. I mean, they're, they're very good when it comes to uh, reporting and as far as politics, uh, Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow do a great job. Absolutely, you know. Now they know they're being watched, they're being scrutinized to see, and they also have to be accountable. There's only so much money the city has, and it's not a very wealthy city. But that the, with the funds that are generated are spent properly. And maybe that's the rub. Maybe that's why Linda Morad doesn't like it because now. You have Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light, and I think it's uh, Mr. Hirsch. It's also a rights for New Bedford Light. I think he yep, comes Arthur down Hirsch, there. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, and Adam Bass, and they're being watched to make sure they're being held accountable because, you know, it seems like uh, the gong show over there, clash of egos, grandstanding, uh, exchange of insults, uh, Linda Morad filibustering, bloviating, uh, from what it's been explained. Uh, let's do the people's business. That's why you're there. Balance the books. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's funny that, you know, there was the, the media comes back to covering it after not being there for a while, and all of a sudden the media is the problem. Well, and the mayor said it on with you, too, about, you know, not enough media coverage, mm-hmm. if I understood him correctly. So now that the media is... The light shining very bright for transparency. Now they're all upset. They don't want you there. They don't want the the news station there. They don't want Jack Spillane there. Now the Standard Times is there. Now they're being watched at every corner, and they have to give an account for what they're doing because it's not their money. It's the people's money. You know, when you have, like the gentleman said, a police department that doesn't uh, that doesn't have a contract with the with the police officers, they're getting the bare minimum uh, paid in the fire department and uh, EMTs, and we know it's it's strain. Uh, those are that's where the priority is. Because if you don't have public safety, and you're giving administrators pay raises, what what good is that? If the police can't come to your aid, if there's a crime, 
or the fire department can't get to a fire because there are other fires and have to call other communities relying on neighboring communities to come in when they may not be able to come to our to our assistance now yeah, and and i don't listen i i think that um Public safety personnel deserve the most money that they can possibly get. And I know that there's going to be, you know, contention when those contracts are negotiated and that it takes time to work out and it takes time. But I do I do firmly believe that at some point there will be an agreement that is made. It's just a process that has to play out. And I don't think that that process supersedes being able to fill management positions at the same yeah, time. We have limited money. And we have a lot of problems in the city and we need the cooler heads to prevail. Let's use logic and reason and decorum, and let's get to the people's business, whatever. I don't agree with everything the mayor says on your show, and I don't agree with always with his political ideology, and I can say the same for the city uh, councilors. But let's do the will of the people and put the city forward and turn the ship around, or else it's going to sink. I, I guess that's my contribution for it. For, for today, at least on your program. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a, have a good, Tim. You have as a good well. Day, Tim. 508-996-0500. If you would like to call in and chime in, or you can uh, hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Um, but uh, if you if you want to use either way, we can do that. Uh, Emma New Bedford says WBSM should broadcast one city council meeting. They will all be voted out guaranteed. Well, I don't know about that, but what I will say is uh, you can see all the city council meetings. They do put them on New Bedford Cable Network. However, uh, it is not live streamed. That's something that has been a point that keeps getting brought up that it needs to be. They were able to do it during the pandemic. I, I don't understand. Like, listen, I can go in there and I can rig it up for a live stream. Give me an hour and a hundred bucks. And you'll be able to watch the, a live stream of the council meetings. I don't get what the holdup is, but they've got to get it going. Uh, but in the meantime, you'll have to wait until it's uploaded to the New Bedford Cable Network page, which I have here waiting to refresh. I don't know if it'll come up today or not, but I'm definitely interested in watching this meeting uh, and how it all played out. But certainly you have the ability to see that on Cable Network, and that would be even better. As much as you know, I appreciate you saying if we streamed it, it would make a difference. It's better if you can watch it than it is just hearing it. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in on this. Uh, again, also, we will be talking in, at 1030. We'll be joined by Council President Linda Morad and Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey to discuss what went on last night as well as some other issues. Uh, as much as we can cram into the half an hour or the 25 minutes or so that we will have. And then also... In the third hour, I want to get into the story about the Ward 3 race, which, by the way, the election is Tuesday, so plan, make your plans accordingly. Uh, there is the issue of potential weather, so keep an eye on that. Uh, I believe early voting ends... To, I'll have to look back at the press release uh, to give you that accurate information, but we will have that for you, and uh, your opportunity to hear what this story is uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Yes, good morning. How are you? Okay. I was listening to uh, South Coast tonight and um, what was transpiring uh, last night at the council. And I believe that uh, Councilor Gomes approached your 
you know, a reporter, and I believe he tried to do the right thing, um, make some sort of, I guess, uh, apology for a lack of decorum from another counselor. Okay, and I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, I would hope uh, when uh, City Council um, Morad comes on today as the head of the city council, uh, she would try to do uh, something like that too. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, um, the press is the uh, is the third branch, fourth branch of government, and in, uh, in, in many ways, and uh, having proper decorum uh, towards that person, and maybe that counselor just, you know, got a little overzealous or something like that. But I think an apology uh, to the entire press uh, would be in order. Well, I, I I've been hearing some pe- from some people who were in the room who said that it may be possible that it wasn't heard, uh, and that's why like nothing was said directly in the moment. But um, I will certainly ask her about it when she comes on because well, you know I think that that's just inappropriate. Well, I think your reporter heard it, <laughs> and and I think Brian Gomes heard it, and I think he did the proper thing by from what I heard last night. Again, I didn't see the the council meeting; I wasn't there. Uh, but by approaching your uh, your reporter, I think he was trying to uh, make make amends for something that probably shouldn't have been done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you for the call. Okay. Bye bye. And uh, and and that that's the point. It's not about what he said. It's not about calling Adam Bass little guy. Um, Adam Bass is you know shorter in stature, and that's okay. So am I. I don't I don't judge anybody based on that. In fact. Uh, I just look at it as, you know, you can only be so awesome, right? You, you get five foot four of awesome and you could start going beyond that. The awesome thins out a little bit. So, but that's not the point. As, as Adam said, he's been called worse. Doesn't bother him at all that he was called the name. But what's alarming about this is that a city councilor felt that that was something that was appropriate in the middle of a meeting in council chambers. And... The fact that he wasn't the one that apologized, I find to be really interesting. Does he not think that he did something wrong? And that, I mean, sure, if it happens in the moment, you know, we can accept the apology and move on and all that stuff. And, and by the way, we're not going to, this isn't something that's going to drag on. It's just a, a symptom of what seems to be a very drama-filled city council this year. You know, I don't remember... Having to ask Council President Abreu to, you know, what are you going to do about the counselor that insulted a reporter during this? Although, granted, to be fair, we didn't have reporters covering the city council. Adam Bass came on this year. But, you know, I don't remember there being all of this council versus the mayor line drawn in the sand. I don't remember there being hour-long complaint sessions in the middle of a council meeting about the media. And also, if you are talking so much about constituent services and what you do for the people, why are you so worried about what they're hearing from the media? Doesn't that mean that they're getting the chance to interact with you directly and and know better? Wouldn't they also be like, ah, WBSM, they're just, ah, just a bunch of blowhards. I work very well with insert counselor's name here, and I think they were doing a great job, and WBSM is just trying to cause controversy. No, we're just trying to give you the information as best as we know it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. How's it going, Tim? Good. How are you? I was there as well. And uh, 
Let me two points real quick, right? And I'm sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I'm a big guy. I'm like cleaning my house. <laughs> um, I didn't expect to be on right away, but thank you. Uh, I heard the whole thing, uh, the whole Derek thing. I think that was an innocent mistake. Uh, I was standing beside uh, Adam Bass, and I like Adam Bass, good guy. And I'm I'm a big guy, so I think he was just trying to state it was that individual, not that individual. But anyway. The reason why I was calling is uh, the behavior uh, by, by, by Gomes again. He is his own worst enemy, okay? He once again, um, you know, was berating. He directly spoke to a woman. You're not supposed to do that when you're on the city council floor. He directly spoke to a woman. She was there in protest of the 10% um, decrease, uh, you know, if you want to live outside the, the city. Whatever. That was, a sign that was the woman with the sign? Yeah, that's Catherine. Right. She called in earlier. And he pointed right at her and went into a tirade and started grandstanding. And that's not only uncalled for, it's, 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 he, he, you know, the, the, the chair, the, 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 the president should have directed him to stop, you know, and Morad didn't. And this is the, the type of behavior since she's become president. I've noticed even people that I have much respect for, young counselors, and I hate to say it, they are starting to change their demeanor. They're starting to uh, behave in certain ways that I am shocked and surprised. And, uh, you know, but I'm going to focus on Gomes because he is uh, a person, a, a counselor that's been there for, for pretty much three decades, and he should be the example. And the way he mistreats, uh, you know, citizens that are there to, to, to exercise their rights uh, in a peaceful manner, the way he, not only was she doing, it was a woman, an elderly woman uh, that lives here in the city. And he directly, if you're not with us, you're done. If you're with the mayor, you're done. What does that mean? As an, uh, a city councilor, you know, a, a six foot plus tall, uh, uh, you know, man, hovering over this elderly woman, uh, you know, pointing at her, saying, you're all done. What does that mean coming from someone like him? That man needs to step down. And I know you have respect for him. I get it. At one time, I had a fantasy that he was something productive. But it's just not the case. He might be popular. He might be friendly. But he's not a productive counselor. He hasn't been productive since Saunders was voted out. He is nothing, and I hate to say this because I know I'm using uh, 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 Gilly's words, he has become a lapdog to Linda Morad, okay? And his behavior was totally uncalled for. He was attacking the media. Gomes was attacking the media, and Linda Morad was attacking the media. Derek uh, pretty much said, hey, this is no surprise, uh, the Mitchell's uh, uh, behavior. We've seen this all along. He wasn't attacking the media, really. Uh, 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 you know, and I know he said some some words, but I really think he was just basically uh, making a difference between me and the gentleman. You know, you know, I think you know, I'm a big guy. I'm 300 plus pounds. Sure. So he was just saying the little guy because you know the big guy was next to him. You get what I'm saying? Sure. It, it was an innocent mistake, and you know, uh, being from New Bedford and the way we talk, our mannerisms, stuff like that, I get it. You know, I'm Portuguese. I, I, but, I but, but still, if, if an apology was I, necessary, it should have been Derek that made it and not well, Councillor Gomes. Well, that's not for me to say. That's not for me to say. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying my my perspective since I was sitting right there 
that's what I got from now. Apologies, this and that. That's between them. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I didn't take it as it wasn't a, a, uh, a dig or a uh, uh, he wasn't trying to belittle the man. It was just basically saying it's him, not him. You know what I mean? Like, not the big guy. It was the little guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but I understand how, how, how someone can take it offensive. I get it. I get it. All right, I just I, I do just got to hold you there because I got to take my break. No problem. Have a good one. Thank you. You as well. I am up against it here because uh, on the other side of the break, we will have Council President Linda Morad with us and Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey. We will talk to them about what happened last night and about some other issues as well. And, uh, and then on the other side of that, at 11 o'clock, we can get your reaction. And also, we will talk about that Ward 3 issue uh, that has popped up as well. But right now, we have to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. He's a rock star. 30 on Friday. And that means that it is time for us to talk with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad, who also has uh, joining her today, Ward 1 Councillor Brad Markey. And let's get them here on the line. Uh, good morning. Are you both with us, Councillors? Yes. Good morning. Here, yes. Yes. yes, we're here. Thank you. Good morning, Tim. What did you think we wouldn't show up today? <laughs> well, you know, you were a minute late. So I was like, gee, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know how hard it is we, to get I'm somebody sorry, on. We had, we, yeah, I'm sorry. We had a failed call. We had to call back in, but here we are. Well, and, and let's start off with what happened last night. There was a lot of uh, talk that was going on both last night on South Coast Night and this morning. It seems like last night there was a lot of comments being made uh, about the mayor and a lot of comments being made about the media, media by the councillors. Yep, I think that um, the debate last night was uh, very direct uh, from everybody who spoke. Uh, and I believe that, with the exception of Councilor Burgo, all my colleagues stood and spoke. Uh, I probably took longer than I should have, but I, I felt that, you know, some issues needed to be discussed so that all sides of the issue were, in fact, heard. But, yep, we uh, talked about the issues related to the unit C study. Uh, we also talked about the issues related to the residency requirement as well. And um, believe it or not, there were other issues on that agenda last night. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a pretty pretty lengthy agenda. Um, so let me just ask you and uh, give you a chance to, to kind of explain, uh, Council President Morad, what is the issue that you see with the media and the way that things are being covered? Well, I, again, I don't really think that uh, all the time that both sides of the discussion are listened to and or appropriately um, uh, uh, reported in the media and. Um, Oftentimes there are articles that uh, only have one side of the opinion, and it really shouldn't be that way. And as you said um, yourself, uh, up until this year, there really wasn't any coverage of the city council uh, by your station, and I won't, I won't ask about other media outlets. And unfortunately, the city council does not have a full-time paid press person uh, to be able to respond and send out press releases, etc., and, and in addition to that, the majority of the city councilors work full time. So I think that there's been a void in the city council's uh, opinions on things being reported. And I think that it's important that that gets rectified. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say that if the city has a, you know, a city spokesperson that is a paid position, they should have somebody that does the same role for the council. Uh, I know there's this, this, um, this plan in place to start utilizing social media more and having maybe some interns help as part of that would they be also hopefully putting out press releases if that comes to fruition um well i know that idea was floated that there would be an intern but 
I don't, I don't think that's an appropriate uh, way for the city council to conduct its uh, press presence in the media. That person, you know, interns come and go. That person will need management from somebody. Uh, I know it's not going to be the council president, and I don't know that it's going to be the city clerk. I mean, I, I think there are, there are things that have to be worked out related to that issue, and that is in committee, and it will be discussed, and hopefully somebody from your station and the other media outlets will will cover it as well. And, and speaking of people covering things from our outlet, uh, apparently last night, uh, Ward 4 Councilor Derek Baptiste referred to our reporter as little guy in the council chambers and making his comments. And I'm just wondering if there will be any kind of formal rebuke of his comments or if he will be asked to apologize to Adam Bass. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I never tell councilors what to do. That's not my policy. And no one has ever done that to me. And I don't think that's appropriate. And I certainly do not admonish uh, colleagues in public like that. Uh, that's not what I'm going to do here either. Uh, Councilor Baptiste and I will speak. Um, you know, the comment was not accurate, was not uh, correct, was not was not appropriate. But he will he will deal with that. That's his responsibility. Uh, and he and I, as colleagues, will have a discussion and we we will talk about it. And um, you know, we'll go from there. And I I do plan to ask you. Um, you know, once you have an opportunity later today, I'd like to have an, op an opportunity to speak with you as well about a couple of things that I have concern about. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and just one other question for you, Council President Moore, about last night in terms of getting some clarifications on things. Uh, one of the people who were there holding a sign is Catherine. She calls in quite a bit. Uh, she is very passionate about the salary reclassification issue. And she took issue with something that you had said and just wanted a little bit of clarification about it, that when she had this sign referring to, you know, following the study, that being the study that the, that the mayor said the administration had done for these salaries, that you had referenced not having access to that study. And so I just wanted to get some clarification of that. So the mayor's study that he had done to propose these reclassifications, he never communicated that with the council? And I answered that last night. I'm sorry to hear that the resident um, didn't hear me. Maybe maybe she was uh, thinking about something else at that time. But what I said last night and what I'll say today as well, we were given a spreadsheet of information. Um, if, you, if you have a study, I mean, I've been in the professional world for a long time, so has Council Markey. When you have a study that you pay for, you would expect that a document would come from whoever did it. You know, there would be an executive summary. It would talk a little bit about the methodology that was used. It would present the factual information that was found, and then you would have a summary and a conclusion. I've never seen that document. I've asked for that document many times. But what we were given is a spreadsheet, and what the council, myself included, uh, based our recommendations on was the spreadsheet. I, I've never seen the study, and that's what I said last night, and that's what I've been saying since uh, sometime in late August, early September. I don't know if Council Mackey wants to add anything. He's, a, he's in the work environment as well, and I'm sure he might share some of those comments. Yeah, I mean, we, we did. We, what we saw was the, with the spreadsheet with the numbers, and, and, and that was fine, but it, it would be very helpful to have that whole document because you know a lot of them as we went through them you know part of how we classified this was bringing directors up into you know equal areas um but some of them maybe didn't do quite what the others did so nothing had been declassified for the last 10 years but if we could see how they did it that might have brought these uh, these questions in light at that time and you know maybe things would have had gone out a little differently but without seeing that it was difficult all we saw was the numbers going across 
So, and I, I'll, 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 yeah, and to just to add to that, you know, I don't, Brad, I don't know if you were on the, um, oh, Council Mackey, I'm sorry, I didn't know if you were on the council yeah, when we did this the last time, but when no. we did this the last time, we had the study, and, you know, we actually had the opportunity to talk to the consultant so that we could ask our questions, et cetera. It was a much different mm -hmm. process the last time. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and that's what I referenced, and that's what I continue to reference. And I did I did speak to it last night, and I'm sorry she didn't hear that, but I'm happy to answer her question. Yeah, I think that gives more clarification on, on that question. Uh, so so last night, these, these proposals by the mayor were voted down. Uh, can you give us just a little bit, uh, each of you, uh, your thought process as to why, you know, these weren't, these weren't given further consideration? Um, well, I'll start. Um, one, there were uh, seven or eight of them. I'm not sure. One of them, one of them did in fact pass to a second reading, um, and will be heard in ordinance. And that's the one that indicates that uh, people who were in fact given grade changes and salary increases uh, won't get two salary increases in this year. They will now all be put out until October of 2023. Uh, the, the entire council concurred with that. I was sorry that that wasn't part of the initial conversation that we had. It should have been so that, you know, we wouldn't be back doing this again. And with regard to the rest of them, um, you know, Tim, the council spent a long time talking about this. I think Council Markey said this pretty well last night. Uh, we agreed on some things and we didn't agree on some things. We compromised on this. Uh, we, we made a decision and there isn't any new information that would make me anyway change my decision at this point in time we just implemented this um you know people are are in their new grades and they're you know they're they're they know that what they're going to be paid and i'm not one that's going to take that money away from them at this point in time we did this clearly and um with a with, a, with knowledge as to what we were doing with regard to some of the other issues that um the mayor put forth you know i don't agree that we should automatically increase salaries at uh, points in time. I don't agree with that. We, you know, we have a fiduciary responsibility uh, as members of the city council to the city, and we should be part of the discussion as to when we're going to increase uh, salaries. I know Councilor Markey wants to have a little further discussion on that. I'll let him explain. And then the other issue related to residency, I, I spent probably more time than I should have yesterday standing on the floor doing the history of that. But I think that's important. And I've asked you again more than once that sometime along the way we should, we had it last night in the council chamber, but we should have a discussion so all your listeners are aware of why the residency is there as it is. Sure. Okay. Mikey, I'll be quiet for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, no, um, you know, I agree there. I mean, the council worked on, on, on these proposals, you know, together, um, compromised and worked together to do that. I, I did, as Councilor Morad mentioned, there was the first item that basically was kind of new to us about looking at it and, and reviewing every three years. So my thought on that one was, you know, it was kind of new, not quite sure where they were going with it, but possibly, as I mentioned last night, it might be a good idea maybe to look at things. Doesn't mean you have to change anything. You know, every three years or so, this last time we were like 10 plus years. And so all of a sudden now to get caught up to where you need to be, it kind of put up a, a big gap where if you do it every three years, maybe you might not need to change anything at all. Or, you know, maybe you see you're on a line, you might need to do a little something. So that's why I proposed that. Um, let's see, but unfortunately I didn't get a second on that one. So that kind of just kind of failed. Yeah, on its own. And, 
Councilor Mackey, I respect your opinion on that. My problem with that, it was an ordinance. It committed the city to doing it, and mm. as a result of the study, you'd have to mm. you'd have to increase salaries. And as I said on the floor last night, and I think you agreed, you know, what mm. if state aid is cut? What if you know there's an economic downturn three years from now? Are we going to have to lay off employees so that we can give increases because the ordinance says we need to do that? I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I would, you know, I would rather. I don't have a problem looking at salaries every three years. I just don't want to be committed to it by an ordinance. Sure, no, understandable. Uh, so. But let's. I know that you said we can talk about the residency issue a little bit further uh, at a later time. But I just want to ask you. Uh, you know, you made the point that this is something that is a requirement for the union employees, but so that you feel that it should also be something that is there for the management employees. But I'm just asking because if we're having trouble finding anybody to fill these positions, obviously people in the city are not applying for those positions. Wouldn't it just make sense that you would want to at least? I know the mayor is asking for an abolishment of it, but is there a way that it could at least be put on pause for these positions to be able to be filled so two points on that first of all as i said last night he, uh, the mayor indicated there are 200 openings in the city i i looked at the city's website i called the chiefs from the um, public safety uh divisions i recognize that some of the positions on the city's website we're looking for multiple people in those positions for example emts but i could come up with about 96 positions that were currently uh, that I could actually look at to make a comparison. And of those 96, eight of them were Unit C. So 92% of the positions that we're looking for currently in the city of New Bedford are under the governing contracts of police, fire, and AFSCME. And when I asked the mayor in my meeting with him uh, last week whether he was at the point where he was going to lift the residency requirement so that our city departments could hire plumbers, electricians, uh, carpenters, etc., and police officers so that they no longer were required as part of the negotiations that are currently going on to lift that residency waiver. He said no. So, again, I don't know why I'm going to treat Unit C people any differently than the administration is currently treating police fire and AFSCME. And that's my response to that, Tim. Okay. And, uh, Councillor Markey, if you want to weigh in on it. Yeah, sure. Um you know, we, we worked on it. I was on that, actually that committee when we first did that. And it, there is, a, I guess, a residency requirement now. But what would happen was they would come to the council for a, uh, a waiver on it. So they would be coming in for waivers and anybody lived out there. So we were looking at a way to kind of make it fair. If they had, the, you know, where the others couldn't get a waiver, you know, why would we be doing this? And then it was depending only certain people were sent to the council for a waiver. So we thought, and, and, and I, and I, agree to some point that you know people who work for the city um should you know have some skin in the game live in the city because you're dealing with the city and especially in some of these positions when it comes to financial responsibilities and things of that nature so i, I mean i think it's a good thing to do and then we said okay fine i, I realize if somebody lives in a neighboring uh, uh town they might not want to move to the better position so okay and that's where we came up with the 10 percent whereas okay you don't have to move here but you know, it's going to it's going to cost you ten percent, and and now with these new, you know, with the unit C new steps that we put in there, kind of brought us more up on par. That you know, my hope would be that even with the ten percent, we're still going to be in a good a good position. So that's and, how I and to, that one. yeah, and to add to that again, Tim, and again, it's conversation that was a long winded one last night. We're actually being fairer to the unit C employees than the administration's being to police, AFSCME, and fire. 
because we're giving them the choice. They're deciding, you know, if you want to work for us and you don't want to live here, okay, here's the rule. And in addition to that, we built in um, two six-month periods that you could actually live outside the city and still get your full pay. So if you're a new hire coming to the city, it's going to take you time to sell your house and, and move to the city. Or if you're a current employee and, God forbid, you have a family issue that means you have to move to a surrounding town to take care of something, we, we're allowing you 12 months to live outside of the city and still be paid at your full pay. So we're keeping the administration's policy of residency, and it's his policy for residency. And, for you know, he, he increased fire and police from five to ten years during his term. He increased acne from 10 years to forever during his term. We're continuing that policy. But what we're doing now is being fair and equitable, and we're allowing people to make their own decisions instead of the mayor deciding who can be given a residency waiver and who cannot. It's just good government. Well, I want to talk about a few other things uh, before we run out of time with you here. And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, I know, Councillor Mark, you have a motion regarding the airport coming up and that you are the, the chair of that committee. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one, I think, with Breeze, Breeze Airlines. Is that the one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was another one about the mini storage. Yeah, so what we're going to do, that, that Breeze Airlines, that's an offshoot of JetBlue. And they, I think they came into fruition about a couple years back. So what we're looking at, and, and we, we did, you have Scott Service and Mike Crane at the airport, manager and, and co- assistant manager, working on these. So they had worked, tried to get in with, with Breeze Airlines at the time. I don't think they got much in the way of response. But, um, and then all of a sudden Breeze went in with bigger, bigger jets. That at that time, or even now, we, we couldn't handle them in our, at, uh, in, our, uh, in our airline as far as the length of our uh, runway. So, but, you know, we've got a new, um, a new terminal that's in the process. I mean, it's going to take a couple of years, but we've got fun with the state to build a new terminal. So that's all going to be part of a process that, you know, going out and trying to find these airlines who can come into New Bedford. Breeze um, will hopefully be one, you know, depending on how many jets they got and what size jets. Um, so that's what we're going to get together. We're going to, I'm going to put them at the airport uh, committee meeting, and we can discuss that and get an update on all of that. So. So hopefully, you know, once we get the new terminal and all this works together, we'll be able to get, develop some new business out of there. Sure. And, and you had mentioned the mini storage. Can I ask you about that one as well? Yeah, yeah sure. What it is is the airport owns, yeah, we leased the property. So the mini storage, basically what that was is somebody bought the mini storage of the company, so we had to transfer the lease. So that's what that was. And it was just the transfer okay. last night. And uh, we'd already approved it, but then there was some verbiage that needed to be changed a little bit. So that's what that was, and they get passed right through. Yeah, your listeners might not know, Tim, that the city owns a lot of the surrounding land um, at the airport, and we have long-term leases with many of the businesses that currently operate on those parcels. Well, I also want to ask you about the motion. Of course, the council is in support of Nero's law, and Senator Mark Montigny has been doing a great job of pushing for that, but now it's being held up, uh, and it's something that really, it, it it's a common sense thing to be able to offer um, th- this immediate medical service for police dogs who are injured in the line of duty. I don't know why it even has to become a law. It's just common sense to me, but it's being held up from actually being enacted. Yeah, um, I was appalled to hear that. I read the article where Senator Montigny was, you know, advocating for them to move the requirement. I guess the requirement 
was that it was to be enacted in the beginning of 2023, and there was a request to the public safety uh, director in the state to put it out another year. And um, I just, I don't understand that, and I I thank Senator Montigny for moving the item forward and now for advocating that the training, whatever that training is that needs to be done, be completed in the next 90 days so that if we do have a situation again where we have a police dog who has been injured in the line of duty, that uh, medical treatment can be administered. And, you know, uh, 99, um, maybe 100% of the men and women that are on emergency medical trucks, that's what they would want to do. They would not want to see an animal or just like they don't want to see a person suffer. So I don't understand what the delay is. And obviously, Senator Montigny had a concern with it as well. So we're just adding our voices to his and urging the secretary to move the item forward and not delay it for a 12-month period. Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense to me. And then very quickly, in the final few moments we have left, I want to ask about Councillor Gomes's motion. I think he's going to join us coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. He wants to jump on and respond to some of the things that were said earlier, and, and we can ask him about this. But the staffing concerns with the New Bedford police are becoming a real issue for not just the council, but the citizens are, are now chiming in as well. Well, I'm glad that Councillor Gomes will come on um, Councilor Gomes, Councilor Burgo, Councilor Carney, and I attended the Chiefs meeting this week along with the neighborhood leaders. And we talked quite a bit about <clears throat> staffing levels and how the Chief is managing um, this. You know, he's down 40 sworn officers this year at this point in time. He's continuing to add new recruits, et cetera. I know Councilor Gomes can give you the details because he's obviously the public safety chair and he's in constant communication with the chief. So I'm sure that that will be an interesting conversation and I'll be happy to listen to my colleague, um, you know, give you the details. I do, I do want to address one thing with you though, Tim, if you have a quick minute, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you got to go to commercial. When we were on the line waiting for you, I heard your caller just before we came on. Um, indicate, and this this has to do with me, indicate that there was a discussion last night in the chamber where one of my colleagues uh, may have been, not Council Baptiste, may have um, made comments that he felt were inappropriate and that the chair did not address them. And um, that is incorrect, and I would like to ask you to make sure that Adam or whoever uh, collaborates my comment. Um, I did address that colleague. I did ask him to refrain from those comments from that line of comment, uh, which was not appropriate to the debate. So uh, we do we do try to keep professional decorum uh, in the chamber. I can't say that about everybody who attends the meeting uh, that is in the chamber with us, but we certainly do try to keep the decorum in the chamber professional. And I think that my colleagues have done a great job in doing that, and we will continue to strive to do that as we, as we uh, try to do the business of the city. Well, it, it sounds like emotions were high last night. Hopefully your next meeting is a lot calmer and smoother and <laughs> and doesn't isn't nearly as uh, as dramatic. So I hope that that'll happen uh, in in the next meeting. Thank you both for joining us. And, and Council President Moore, we will speak with you next week. Uh, do you know who might be joining you next week? Yeah, I'm hoping to have my new colleague from Ward 3 with us. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- that would be uh, great. We're going to be swearing that person in uh, next Friday night. And it would be nice to have him or her with me. Uh, next Friday morning when we're on. The only thing that would prohibit, excuse me, prohibit that is the recall for this um, election is Friday, February, uh, March 10th. And should this election be very close, obviously we wouldn't be swearing in or bringing on one of the two candidates uh, until the election is finalized. 
Sure. Understandable, but I look forward to that conversation. And thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And take care. I know. That is Council President Linda Morad and Council, Ward 1 Councilor Brad Markey joining us here on the program. I do have to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we might have a minute or two to talk with you. And then on the other side, we'll talk with Councilor Gomes. And then we'll talk about this Ward 3 issue that has come up uh, in the last 24 hours. We'll be right back. Taking a break now for the news. When we come back on the other side, I believe Councilor at Large Brian Gomes is going to join us. Um, I had suggested he could come on and respond to some of the comments that were made about last night, and we can ask him more about the issue with police staffing. Uh, and also, we will get into this Ward 3 issue because I think it is a big story. Again, I don't mean to be pushing it aside, it's just that we had so much to cover as a result of the City Council meeting last night that the